0: You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Just win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. The auto. All-
1: Welcome in Raider Nation to another episode of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. It's your boy Q, I'm the host. You know you can always check me out on Twitter, at your boy Q254. This is Friday's edition, so I'm definitely going to get into the matchup with the hated Chargers. Definitely going to do that in a major way. Talk about some of the keys to the game as far as I'm concerned. Some keys to the game that you may be concerned. Uh, I'm very excited about this game. I think it's very winnable, especially saying the Chargers are without Joey Bosa. That's right. He's out. He's going to be out probably until about week nine. But just to know that the Chargers are pretty banged up and that pass rush is not going to be as serious as it usually is and as as much as it really can be, that's going to be a major key for Derek Carr and the Raiders. So I'm definitely excited about that. And uh, again, it's the hated Chargers. I know the game's in L.A., but that's just like a home game for the Raiders as far as I'm concerned. So I'm pretty excited about that. So uh, on today's episode in podcast or on the podcast in segment number three, I have a couple calls off the Raiders podcast voicemail line that I'm going to play you know i like to get those in any chance i can 707-654-4693 that is the number again 707-654-4693 that is the lockdown raiders podcast voicemail line you can hit that up at any time so i'm definitely gonna do that and again like i mentioned early you can always hit me on twitter at your boy q254 a lot of folks have been hitting me up on twitter definitely appreciate that uh, definitely give me a follow. Uh, You know, shout out the podcast, do whatever you got to do, promote it. It is all good. The more love we get on the podcast, the more we can keep this thing going. So I got about three or four calls I want to play in segment number three. Segment number one, which is what we're in right now. I'm going to wrap it up kind of quick because I have a special guest on today's episode that uh, I'm going to have in segment number two. And uh, this is the guy, man. This is the guy who's my real homeboy. I'm like real deal homeboy Uh, before anything else is my guy, James Arcelana, at Raiders Reporter on Twitter. And a lot of you already know that uh, he's the guy that, is the reason why I'm really doing podcasts, period. He's the guy who uh, got me started on blackholebanter.com. He's the brains behind everything. And uh, really, man, he, uh, he's, a, he's a real cool dude. He's from the city of Oakland. I've hung out with him a couple times when uh, I've had the opportunity. And again, uh, not only is he really good at the podcast, but he's also a really good writer. So I, I definitely suggest anything you, uh, you, you want to check out Raiders related, check out at Raiders Reporter on Twitter. And he'll give you all the details and uh, definitely give you a lot of good stuff to read. Again, that's on the theblackholebanter.com and really, he again, he was the brains of the theblackholebanter.com. I know I've done a lot of podcasts on that with him, but he's taking not only just the podcast, but taking it to a whole nother level. And again, just a genuine dude, man. He's my homeboy. Uh, definitely never hold anything against him and uh, the more that we can collaborate the better. So he's going to be in segment number two. Pretty excited about that, man. The Black Hole Banter meets the Locked On Raiders podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun and we get to talk about the hated Chargers so that's coming up in segment number two and before we get into that I want to say thinking about Sunday's game I think it's really really funny that the Chargers beat writers are reporting that the Chargers are actually they're pumping in crowd noise into their stadium think about that Raider Nation the Chargers beat writers are talking about the fact that the Chargers are pumping in crowd noise into their stadium so they can prepare for a game on Sunday against the Raiders and again it's in their stadium I mean have you ever heard of that have you ever heard of a team pumping in crowd noise so they can prepare themselves for a game that's being played in their home stadium? And I know that it's not the Chargers home for the long period of time, but it's their their home this year. It was their home last year, and they have to pump in crowd noise just to prepare themselves for Sunday's game against the Raiders. I think that's awesome. I mentioned it on the crossover edition when I was talking to David and John from uh, Locked On Chargers that it's just another home game for the Raiders. And that is the evidence. That's all the evidence you need. And look, they didn't didn't pull no punches. They said it straight up. They said, oh yeah, the Raiders are definitely going to dominate. The fans are definitely going to dominate as far as Raiders go. In, uh, the, in LA on Sunday with the Chargers. But still, I just think it's hilarious, man. I think that's funny. I think, think about what kind of state of mind the players must be in if they realize they have to pump in crowd noise to be able to understand and, and figure out what's going on in their own stadium. Man, oh man, I wish I would. You know what I'm saying? That's like getting punked at your own house. I wish I would. Someone come to my house and punk me. You ain't punking me at my house. You might be able to get the best of me at your house. You ain't gonna get the best of me at my house. But Apparently, the Raiders are going to get the best of the Chargers at their house. So, uh, pretty excited about that. I think it's really funny. So, uh, definitely going to get into that. Matter of fact, I'll speak to James Arcelana, my man, at Raiders Reporter on Twitter, about that as well. But, got a lot of previews, got a lot of stuff I want to talk about of the game. That's going to be coming up next Segment number two, Lockdown Raiders podcast. My man, James Arcelana at Raiders Reporter on Twitter. Yeah, he's coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about mybookie.com. Ever since I've been doing the Lockdown Raiders podcast, matter of fact, even when I was doing blackholebanter.com, and I still am doing that. But uh, yeah, when I first got involved in that, a lot of folks started hitting me up and said, Q, who do you think I should bet on? Q, how should I bet? Q, how can I win some money? I don't know. I'm not one of those guys. I don't get my gamble on, but I know a lot of folks that do, and you know what they do? They go to MyBookie.com, and MyBookie has been around for a very, very, very long time. That means that they know what they're doing. If they were a fraud, they would be gone. They'd be banished, but they're not. They're around for the long haul, and they're doing it real big, and they're doing it and trying to help you out as well. You go to MyBookie.com right now, you try to open up an account, you want to deposit $100, maybe $200, maybe even $300, maybe you're feeling a little froggy, maybe you got a bonus at work. You want to deposit $300, it is all good. They're going to match you. Your $300 for their $300. That's simple as that. All you got to do is open up an account and use the promo code locked on all capital words, capital letters, I mean, not words, but capital letters, Locked on, and uh, they're going to match you dollar for dollar. And if you're really, really smart, like me, like your boy, you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you do that, you can put "locked on" in the promo code, but you add 25 to it, and you're going to get an extra 25 on top of that. So if you add like 300, 400, 500 dollars, maybe like I said, you're feeling froggy, you got a bonus at work, you don't want to tell your wife about it. It's all good. You can have a little extra money to your side. She ain't got to know about it. Keep that on the under. You can use the promo code "locked on" 25 and get not only the money you put in. Not only they're going to match that, but they're going to put twenty five on top of that. That's if you do it after seven p.m. Eastern. Again, you're trying to get your money on, you're trying to get your gamble on, trying to win a lot of money. Maybe even keep it on down low, and your wife don't know about it. It's all good. You can do that. Go to mybookie.com right now. Again, use the co- the promo code locked on if you're just trying to get them to match. Whatever deposit you make, dollar for dollar, you put 100 in, they put 100 in. But if you want to get an extra 25 on top of that, do it after 7 p.m. Eastern and do Locked On 25, and they're going to hook you up. All right, my ace, Boom coon, James R. Solana, at Raiders Reporter on Twitter, he's coming up next. That's right, from the Black Hole Banter, the Black Hole Banter, Locked On Raiders podcast. We're coming together like butt cheeks, and we're coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day.
1: Joining me now, right now, a special episode, special guest on this Locked On Raiders podcast is my man James Arcelana. You can catch him on Twitter at Raiders Reporter. And of course, let's not make any mistakes about it. He is the guy. He's the brains. He's he's my homeboy behind BlackholeBanter.com. We came together like butt cheeks a long time ago on the BlackholeBanter.com. <laughs> and now uh, we're coming together like butt cheeks on the Locked On Raiders podcast because, first and foremost, it is all Raiders, it is all love. So, James, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me on the podcast. Oh, yes, sir, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I'm very excited about this. Uh, uh, a lot of love has been shown on on Twitter as of late, and, and especially for, like I said, the BlackholeBanter.com. And I'm going to tell you straight up, man, if it wasn't for you, and I've said this before, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even be in the podcast game. So, I mean, I, I've always wanted to uh, show you the love that uh, you deserve and, and definitely want to uh, you know get you out there as much as possible as you've gotten me out there as much as possible. We've really been a, a really good team. So, man, I, I'm fired up about this game on Sunday about the Chargers, with the Chargers. It's in L.A. You know how that goes down. It's going to be another home game for the Raiders, basically. Uh, it's crazy, man. Have you heard that they're pumping in crowd noise
0: so the Chargers could practice, so they could prepare for the game? Have you heard that? I have, man, which is hilarious, because they've definitely done that before, and every time it's amusing. And every time it's smart, because the Raiders completely outnumber their crowd every single game in Southern California, and it's not going to be any different this time, so uh, they should be prepared. It's going to be loud, and a lot about Raiders fans.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's just so funny to me, man. I can never imagine having to prepare myself for crowd noise in my own stadium. I just, you know what I mean? I just, it just, that sounds so backwards to me, but you're right. It is smart, and it has been done a bunch of times. Now, uh, a lot of conversation, man, leading up to this season, when John Gruden was hired was, well, he's been out of the game for so long. He's not going to know what to do. He's going to be out of the times. You know, the game has changed a lot, but if you look at the team, if you look at the Raiders, even though they got off to a 1-3 and three start, offensively, as far as stats go on paper, it doesn't look like John Gruden's lost a step. I mean, he they are right there at the top of every statistic, basically, which I know you don't win games on paper, but they're right there at the top of every stat as far as on paper goes. Uh Do you like the direction, or do you like the direction at least that the, the offense is trending under John Gruden?
0: Yeah, it's funny they're they're tops in the league in almost every set, except for one that's really important, which is scoring. Right. Um, you know, they're right now. I think they're thirteenth or fourteenth. So they they've come a long way because they were uh, bottom five in the league, and they put up forty five points against the Browns. And you know, we've talked about this before. For me, I think the fact that they're putting up so many good stats um, but not putting up points is more emblematic of the fact that the offense just isn't quite clicking than a problem with John Gruden's scheme or game plan. I think he's put together a very good scheme. Um, you know, anyone who watched the Raiders last year knows that it is a dramatic improvement from from Todd Downing. So I, I think he's got it going in the in the right direction. I think, you know, there are some some um learning bumps and bruises that the the Raiders offense can experience along the way. But I think they're just going to keep getting better every week because he's he's proven himself to be a very good offensive coach.
1: Yeah, I think he picked up a lot while he was out of the game as well. I think he studied a lot. He took a lot of notes, and I think he's really implementing that. And I think it's getting better week to week. I started a conversation a couple weeks ago about alpha dogs. And, matter of fact, it was after the Dolphins lost. And, basically, I said that the team didn't have an alpha dog. I called out the team because I was so angry. The team was 0-3, and I'm just thinking, who's the guy? You know what I mean? Who's the guy who could really step up and be the dude? Well, my responses that I've received so far, and a lot it's been overwhelming and, and really after the Cleveland win uh I, I kind of see where everyone's coming from has been basically Marshawn Lynch is the alpha dog Derek Carr is the alpha dog in his own way but those are the two guys maybe Jared Cook there's been uh, one of my guys WAP he's been saying Jared Cook as well and and I can see where he's coming from but what do you think as far as like alpha dogs go can you see that Marshawn Lynch Derek Carr and possibly Jared Cook being those guys
0: yeah, I mean Derek Carr obviously is a, a, a very big leader in the locker room. Um, you know, he may come at it from a different perspective than the traditional alpha dog, you know. He he's much more love and love and joy than he is uh getting in your face. Um I think Marshawn Lynch is definitely taking ownership a little bit of this offense. Um Jared Cook I'm not so sure about. Um he seems to be the kind of guy who just leads more by example than by You know, being rallying the troops, if you will. Yeah. Um, But what I think is really interesting about that topic and that conversation is if I think if if someone were to ask this last year or the year before, I think one of the first names anyone would come up with was Bruce Irvin. This year, not so much. He's not playing nearly as many snaps as he has. And he also, before this Browns game, was really struggling to do anything right. So... Um, you know he's really a guy that's fallen from grace a lot this
1: season. No, he he really is, and I've always kind of said that he's he's a good number two, maybe even a number three. He's not he's not the number one guy. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a good uh Robin to someone's Batman, but right now I don't think the Raiders have that Batman, at least on the defensive side of the ball. But Marshawn Lynch, he's he's a he's a subject that I like to talk about because he stood up and he started talking after the Dolphins game, started talking about you know they're one play away. He felt like he believed in what was going on in the in the locker room. That's not something that one one Marshawn Lynch has to do and two that he normally does but after that Dolphins game he did that and then you see how he went out there and played on Sunday against the Browns and a lot of it you know came obviously after the the bad call the ref blew the whistle a little early Marshawn thought he could take it to the house and he was fired up but he came out and played with kind of like that reckless and ban uh uh, uh, whatever the word is He he came out playing with you know hair on fire do you uh Do you look at him as, okay, he's taking another step in leadership, which he really doesn't have to do at this stage of the game? Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, Like you said, I I honestly think it was a little bit um, underreported and uh, uh, underplayed, the fact that Marshawn Lynch chose to, to talk to reporters. That's something he doesn't do, like you said. It's not that he doesn't do often. He doesn't do it. One of the things he's most famous for is hating talking to reporters. So the fact that he voluntarily did it, and put himself in a situation which he typically hates being in um, because, and it was clear the reason he did it was for the betterment of the team, right? The reason he did it is because he wanted everyone else on the team to hear him saying, you know, I think we're one play away from being, being absolutely great, you know, and that kind of message, you know, I mean, he does it in the locker room, I'm sure, but then taking it public and trying to show support for the, for the team and the staff the way he did, again, in a, in a situation where he hates that kind of situation, that's leadership, man. That's great leadership, and I think it really did resonate with the team.
1: I think it did, too, and again, like I said, I don't think it's something that he had to do. You know what I mean? I mean, at this stage no. of the game, he's playing for his his hometown. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's putting on for the city. He's putting on for Oakland, and really, as we saw in 2017, that's all he had to do. He's still going to be a crowd favorite, but look, he wasn't even practicing all the practice. He would practice a little bit, then all of a sudden his his camera crew would come and and he'd go off and start filming like a Facebook live video. I don't think that he took the team and the game that serious in 2017, but I'm seeing a different Marshawn Lynch in 2018.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, because we didn't see him do this kind of thing last year either. You know, he didn't he didn't take time with the press last year. Um, you know, and I, I agree. I think he's much more motivated. You know, we talked about this before as well when everyone was talking about whether or not John Gruden was going to keep Marshawn Lynch. And we both agreed that, look, if it happens, if Marshawn Lynch stays on the team this year, it's only if he's willing to buy into what Gruden is selling because right. it's Gruden's way of the highway, and we've seen that play out to be true in many, many ways since that time. Um, and, you know, I think from that point, the fact that Marshawn stayed with the team told me that he was going to be buying in significantly, and that he, you know, through conversation with John Gruden, believed in what this Raiders team could do. And so, you know um i'm not at all surprised to see that he's taking much more ownership this season than he did last season to see him act like much more of a leader and a veteran this season than he did last season um you know it's really great to see and again it just shows you know that's emblematic of of top down right that is that is the fact that the head coach has put um, you know, such a good atmosphere into this this locker room, that Marshawn Lynch felt compelled to do that.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And, man, I got into an argument earlier today on Twitter, and, of course, that happens to me all the time. I can't help myself. I fall right into it. I fall for the bait. But I got into a, uh, an argument about Colton Miller and Derwin James. Uh, obviously, Derwin James is the <laughs> guy that the Raiders are going to see on Sunday. And you know, James, you know straight up that I wanted J- Derwin James to be a Raider. I was angry that Colton Miller was selected, but – now that we look at it, now that we're in Week 5, coming up on Week 5, and all the issues that are going on in the Raiders' offensive line, it's just about obvious to me that Colton Miller was the smart choice. It was the right choice, regardless if you like him being selected 15th overall in the first round. It was the choice that had to be made. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, you know, I, I've been having lots of conversations like this as well. Um, so I, I, I really believe that it is just far too early to tell, because while the Raiders are having offensive line problems at the moment with with um, Donald Penn going on the IR, that's a little bit of afterthought, and it's also a little bit living in the moment. You know, if if five years from now, Colton Miller turns out to be just an average player while Derwin James turns out to be an elite player, we won't really care about the fact that, you know, sure, he was there for five games of, of Donald Penn being injured or something like that. You know, that really won't matter that much. What matters is whether or not Colton Miller is going to continue to develop into an elite-level tackle, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, And, you know, he doesn't have to be elite. He has to be a guy who is a franchise left tackle, going to be there for years. If he does that, absolutely the right decision, because left tackle is a more important position than than safety. Um, But I think it's just way too early to tell right now, and just because the Raiders are having offensive line problems right now doesn't mean that five years from now, that will be a good reason to have drafted him.
1: I will say I think that he's already been better than Robert Gallery was and he was selected number 2 overall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> not, not, not a high bar to, to, to me but yes <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about that well okay that that kind of like splits hairs on that argument but still I, I just feel like I mean a safety as much as I wanted and believe me I was the first one beating the drum for Derwin James you know that for a fact I just think that a safety as good as he is and he's going to be a stud in my opinion I think he's going to win defensive player of the year he just can't keep Derek Carr standing and the Raiders have no chance if Derek Carr is not standing I mean bottom line You have to protect Carr.
0: Yeah, and I will say that Colton Miller has has absolutely positively exceeded all of my expectations up to this point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I still think he has a long way to go, but I I really did not expect much at all from him. I thought it was going to be a slaughterhouse, and he's held his own for the most part. He's had some struggles, but no struggles that were... Um, concerning or abnormal for a rookie left tackle, right? You expect a rookie left tackle to have some struggles, and he's had some struggles. So while he hasn't come out gangbusters and, and proven to be some kind of elite talent, he also hasn't shown himself to be um, a, a issue or someone who we're, we are already regretting his draft set. You know, again, it takes years to tell when a draft pick was good or not. Um, but for now, the early returns are, are much better than I expected them to be. All right, so that's my first
1: part of my conversation. That's the first half of the conversation with my man, James Arcelana, at Raiders Reporter on Twitter, from the theblackholebanter.com. Uh, I got the rest of that conversation coming up in segment number three. I thought I was going to be able to get to some phone calls, but me and James, when we get on a roll, we really get on a roll. So segment number three, the second half of my conversation with James is coming up next on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are
0: locked on Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back
1: Raider Nation to the Lockdown Raider Podcast. I'm your boy Q. This is segment number three. You can check me out on Twitter at your boy Q254 and I'm talking right now my man James Arcelana. You can check him out on the blackholebanter.com at all times. He's the brains behind the operation and the reason why I got started in this podcast game to begin with on Twitter at Raiders Reporter. And James, this weekend, the Chargers. They visit their own stadium, basically. They're going to be a visitor in their own stadium. We know that the, uh, in L.A. they're going to be rocking. They're going to be rooting for the silver and black. Uh, what do you think? What do you believe will be the biggest key, the most important factor in this week's game?
0: So I, I think, you know, this one is going to be a little bit tropey and a little bit, you know, um, stereotypical of an answer, but turnovers. And I think, I know it's what everyone says about every game, turnover battle wins the games, but for the Raiders it's been a very, very significant thing this season. Derek Carr's had an issue with throwing picks, they've had issue with ball security in general, and turnovers have been part of the reason why they're only one and three. Um against the Browns they they did better and they actually forced a number of turnovers and didn't have quite as many turnovers themselves. So, um, you know, I think that is a huge, huge issue. The the Chargers are turnover-prone, and they also have some playmakers on defense who can create turnovers with guys like Melvin Gordon and the aforementioned Durban James. So, um, you know, I think ball security is going to be huge, and a team that turns over the ball over more is going to end up winning. So I think that's a huge, um, you know, obviously, uh, a huge factor. And then again, for the Raiders, it's, you know, until they prove otherwise, it's still got to be about putting points on the board, not selling for field goals, and finishing drives. Because, you know, they, they put up 45 points last weekend, but there were still tons of points that they left on the field. And part of the reason they put up so many points is that that was just a shootout. You know, the defense wasn't doing a whole lot to stop Baker Mayfield either. So, you know, a lot of points could up on both sides of the ball. Um, so, you know, I think that those are the two keys. Number one, turnover battle number two is just, you know, finally find the key to finish your offensive drives and put points on the board in the form of touchdowns rather than field goals.
1: The Raiders' pass rush has been basically hit and miss all season long. We already know how everything— Yeah, there's more miss. You're right. Uh, We already know how it all shook out before the season. Don't have to rehash that. But the Chargers, they've had a problem blocking the interior pass rush. Do you think this is a game that uh, Mo Hurst, P.J. Hall, any of those guys on the inside, you think that they can get kind of crazy and and, uh, make
0: life a little bit of a struggle for Phillip Rivers? I got to be honest. At this point, I'm I'm getting pretty close to being ready to say that Mo Hurst Hurst could create problems for almost any interior line. He is really starting to show why it is that people viewed him as a top five or top ten pick before the heart condition was revealed. The guy is just an absolute beast on the interior. I mean, he wreaks havoc. You know, I watched the the play where he did the um, strip sack uh, on Mayfield the other week, and it was just. I mean, watching it, he made it look so easy. So easy. Um, and it was against a guy who, I believe, according to PFF, uh, pro football focus, had not allowed a, a single pressure or quarterback hit this season yet. So, you know, it was against a good good caliber guard, right guard. So, it was Zeitler or something, I can't remember his name. But, by the way, he's a guy who already, you know, I, I'm feeling very confident about him against any talent level, let alone an a, a offensive line that's been struggling in the interior. So, yeah, I would fully expect Mel Hurst to continue to eat and continue to rub that belly
1: how concerned are you uh with that not lack of pass rush because we already talked about that but how, how concerned are you with just philip rivers being able to get loose because if he does have time we know this for a fact if he has time he can toss the ball around the yard and really rack up the yards really quickly
0: yeah i mean philip rivers is an elite level quarterback he's never been able to put it together and win a super bowl um you know we talked about this many times the the Chargers are very much a shoot themselves in the foot kind of team, especially in, in Philip Rivers' tenure there. Um, so you know, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a very, very, very good quarterback. He killed the Raiders for years, and if you let him, let him, you know, stand in the pocket confidently, he'll pick you apart. He'll find people because you know the secondary can only uh, hang on to coverage so long, and Philip Rivers is the kind of guy who's more than happy to stay in the pocket and take a hit if he has to. He's a tough guy. So, you know, he's definitely a guy who can tear you apart if you don't get good pressure quickly uh, against him. So the Raiders really do need to get as much as they can of that pass rush.
1: Talking to my man James Arcelano right now, at Raiders Reporter on Twitter. Obviously my guy from BlackHoleBanter.com. He's the brains of everything that we've ever done. Uh, let me ask you this. I just got a couple more questions for you. The Raiders, they found ways to have multiple guys step up during the season. Jared Cook, Week 1. Coop, Week 2. Jordy Nelson, Week 3 against Miami. And then uh, Coop and Cook and Lynch, Week 4. Who or whom do you think can have big games this week against the Chargers? Who are you looking to be that breakout guy?
0: i got to be honest, what I, what I would love, absolutely love to see is a much more well-rounded approach and not having one guy who breaks out big because if you notice in a lot of those games, the one guy will break out big and then kind of get shut down late in the game because they'll kind of get a little too much attention and, and the game plan will be countered by uh, defense adjustments and, and it doesn't necessarily work the whole way through. But when you look at this last weekend, they spread the ball around more and lots of guys were involved and lots of guys put up numbers and they got the win. I think that enables your offense to do more. So what I would love to see is, you know, back to, you know, in 2016 when Derek Carr was being discussed as the MVP candidate, one of the things you would have noticed is that he targeted like 10 to 12 receivers throughout the game, almost all the time. And we all remarked about how amazing it was how he spread the ball around. And I think that is the way to get a really successful offensive going is tell a defense like, you know, double who you want, guard who you want. We got so many weapons, you can't stop us. And so I would love to see the ball spread around more rather than having, you know, one individual each week who
1: breaks out. All right, now, final question for you, James. It's a big one, man. I mean, I know week one, both of us thought the Rams were going to win. They're just a really, really good team. I mean, they're a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl. I know you have high hopes for the – not hopes, but you you believe that the Rams are going to be a very successful team in 2018 as well. Uh, Week two against Denver, we both felt the Raiders should win that game. Uh, They fell just short. Miami thought that was a very winnable game. They just fell short. Cleveland, well, we they, we got the victory. The Raiders got the victory. Felt pretty good about that. Week five, got the Chargers in LA. The whole house is going to be full of Raider fans. Who do you think gets his victory? Who are you feel? Are you feeling good about the Raiders' chances in this game? What does your gut feeling tell you?
0: Well, I did my bullet predictions this morning on the website, and I picked the Raiders by two scores. Ooh, um, you know, I think again we we have. Seen this offense be right there on the edge they've put up great numbers in terms of yards in terms of yards per attempt in the past game uh, they've done a really good thing statistically except for the scoring and i think they've just been you know like marshawn lynch said they've just been a player two away from really breaking out um and last week again it was really close that 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 passed tomorrow uh martavis bryant the pass of Jordy nelson you hit a couple of those big plays and suddenly a game gets broken open and so i've been waiting for a while for the raiders to break a game open and i think it happens this sunday because the chargers are the kind of kind of team who might help you a little bit they might give you a turnover they might give you some good field position right. to help you get there um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Raiders. I'm going to stick
1: with that bold prediction. Raiders by two scores. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, I know all Raiders uh, Raiders fans right now, Raider Nation, their eyes just perked up. Uh, their eyebrows perked up. They're very excited by that. That's a good prediction. I like it a lot. Uh, I expect the Raiders to win this game as well against the Chargers. Not too sure exactly how much it's going to be. I don't know if I give them two scores, but... Uh, either way, man, that's awesome. I'm excited about that. And uh, again, man, I, I appreciate everything that you do, not only on the Black Hole Banter, but uh, just in general. You know what I'm saying? Jumping on the Lockdown Raiders podcast with me as well. Uh, how often, just, just for my general uh, information, how often do you put uh, articles up on blackholebanter.com? I know there's multiple different writers, but how many times do you put them up?
0: Uh, I write almost every day during the week. So I have something at least three to five days a week. That's what's up. And there's, all, and there's always stuff in general on the site. Yeah, we definitely try to, 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 try to keep uh, Raider Nation entertained.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, like I said, man, you do a hell of a job. I know that, uh, you know, I help you out as well, just with the podcast and everything, but besides yeah, that, man, man, all the writing and everything is, is great. BlackHoleBanter.com is really taken off, and uh, again, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for, uh, you know, your your thoughts and your vision, and so I appreciate everything you've done, and uh, we're going to keep on rocking on the BlackHoleBanter.com, and we also got the Lockdown Raider podcast to do our thing as well so uh definitely appreciate you my man uh great stuff and uh thanks
0: for checking in with me man appreciate you everything you do and I appreciate you having me on the pod So there it
1: is, Raider Nation. That is the Locked On Raiders podcast for Friday. It's a Friday edition. Definitely appreciate everyone who's been rocking with me all week long. Appreciate everyone who's been a guest on the podcast. Appreciate everyone who's checked in on the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line. Of course, as always, you know I get calls on as often as possible. So definitely keep them coming, 707-654-4693. So big game coming up this weekend against L.A. The Raiders should come away with the victory. They have the firepower to get it done. I definitely believe they'll get it done. And hopefully on Monday, we'll be talking about another victory. The Raiders are uh, having two victories in a row, and the Chargers take L That's what uh, Raider Nation should expect. That's what I expect. And uh, like I said, we'll talk about it again on Monday. So until next time, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.